Hey everybody, welcome back to Urban Meyer's Pint House. This is the Letterman Row weekend kickoff brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. As Schlegs has been counting down for us, we're down under 10 days. I think it's nine now. Next Saturday, the Buckeyes nine. are finally going to be Sorry. back on the field. Wow, that's some juice. Yep. Getting ready. Anthony Schlegel down on the end. Bobby Carpenter, Michael Bennett, Zach Bourne, Robert Landers. I am just Austin Ward. We got a new look this week. I think we went with the, the five-man front. It's like we're just at the bar here chatting with you guys. What do you guys think of this look? It's a six-man front. Well, it's I don't bear front. I don't count. I'm just the coach. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So under front is what that would be. We'd have a Sam linebacker, an end, two D tackles, yeah. and another end. Yeah. I'm a DN. Third and fourth grade Wayne. football. We call it fist yeah. O defense. Oh my god. Yeah. That was more than I expected on that You're breakdown. Welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. I can break talking, anything down. We're talking about Slago. Yeah. <laughs> he can fit it in anywhere. He can get it going. Uh, Touche. Yep. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Uh, just so you guys know, as you can tell, that weather is changing out there. Uh, as college football fans, we love the fall, but we all know fall means cold weather. It's around the corner. Is your furnace ready? Uh, whether it's a quick fix or you need a whole new system, your Central Ohio Bryant Heating and Cooling dealers will do whatever it takes to make sure your system is up to the task. You can rely on them to provide exceptional service and make sure you and your family stays comfortable all winter long. Be sure to schedule your fall tune-up today. Find your local Bryant professional at bryant.com. Bryant, doing whatever it takes. Boys, the Buckeyes are doing whatever they can, whatever it takes to get ready for Nebraska on October 24th. I think the official verdict, Zach, is that training camp is over and game prep has begun. What's the difference between a training camp practice and then that first game prep? You know what? Uh, it, it goes in phases, right? We've talked about it week over week now. When you first start training camp, you're really getting into game shape, right? You need to start hitting. You need to start taking hits. You know, we had the big debate last week about Justin Fields, whether he's taking hits or not, right? But you have to – it goes conditioning shape, football shape, right? When you're hitting guys, wearing pads, and now you're starting to phase it out to, hey, getting the body right, feeling fresh, getting out there. You're going to have a really tough practice next Tuesday, right? Coach Meyer used to call it Bloody Tuesday. One-on-ones, full-on scrimmage. But at that point, you're getting ready for that Saturday game. And I know this year is going to be different than others, and Ryan Day's really good at making sure those guys are ready to go. Um, but – you know, those guys didn't really have that that um, that that off-season program that Coach Mick has had, right, for so long, and Coach Mick's known for. So those guys really grinded at the beginning of camp to get into shape as quickly as possible and then phased off so their bodies can be ready uh, come next Saturday. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I'd like to uh, echo what Zach said, mostly about, you know, getting into football shape. Um, but a big part of it also is finding out who your leaders are, finding out who's going to step up in those – crunch time situation so in camp you can put them in those stressful situations and find out who's going to lead the team and who are going to be your starters and when you go into prep week yeah you still got you know one or two tough practices but you're more gearing towards you know trying out game film and trying out the plays from Nebraska rather than just good on good and you want to know who your leaders are you want to know who your starters are so you can really start solidifying that uh, that role and that hierarchy so that the team can start firing on all cylinders. So I think as they, as they get ready for Nebraska, I would hope that they've got that uh, in mind, you know, who's going to be pushing this team forward when things get tough? Who are they going to turn to? Who's going to be those guys who in the fourth quarter and the game's not going how you want, they're going to keep the team going in the right direction? So, you know, to me, one of the big differences is, you know, when you're talking about training camp, and this is one of the things that will be interesting to see is, you know, you've watched this happen in the NFL. I think there's been some blown opportunities. We'll see in college football as it continues to progress. But you work a lot on situational football. 
and you're breaking things down. You're going to be able to do red zone, third down, end of half situations, and unique situations that you'll talk about a significant amount. And so that, that's something you do during training camp. You do a lot of fundamental, a lot of player development. It's mostly an internal look when you're training camp and you're working for yourself. Then all of a sudden you transition to the game week and you're off of working on yourself so much. Now it's all, what is my opponent doing? And what are we going to do to stop that? Or how are we going to attack these different areas? And so some of the fundamentals, you know, they go by the wayside. You still work on your two-minute situations, your third downs, but you may not be working on those unique situations where, you know, you may need the ball back after giving up a safety. And how do you execute an onside kick right there? Or maybe there's a time where, okay, you have 45 seconds, one timeout, and we're working these specific situations about what do we want to do? Do we want to take a sack versus throw it away? Do we want to stay in bounds versus out of bounds? And working on all those different areas, those are something that you're not going to have. They didn't really have as much time to do this year. So we'll, I'm curious to see those special situations because I've watched it happen in the NFL and with some colleges already. But now it's game week. You're focusing on Nebraska. You're trying to see you're coming up. Who's, you know, what are we going to take away? How are we going to attack them? You know, they've lost a lot. And we'll have to see here what Scott Frost is trying to cook up because you don't really have any film and they've had some guys opt out and, it's going to be a very, very unique situation. Yeah, absolutely, Bob. And I, I think the other thing, too, is this Saturday they'll probably be in the stadium one more time. And it's that last time to really get out there and work on the substitutions. We've seen that a lot in college football this year and in the NFL where guys aren't on the field for a field goal or a punt or a punt return, et cetera, et cetera. So they're going to be working on that. They're going to be working on where we stand on the sidelines. Like, People don't really think about that, but you got to, I mean, they're 18 and 22 year olds. I know we, Bob and I have to do it for fifth and sixth graders and third and fourth graders. But guess what? <laughs> in college football, you got to do the same thing because they got to know, hey, when you go on the bench, this is where you sit on game day, right? This is how a coach is going to come talk to you. The coaches are working on the booth, like calling down on the headsets. They're working on that just like the players are working on doing what they have to do on Saturdays. And then you look at Nebraska, just like we've already been talking about. They already kind of know the pieces. You have Adrian Martinez back as their quarterback. Like, they kind of know what they're, they're going to do. Yeah, J.D. Spielman, he left for TCU. Who's going to really be their wide receiver? Well, guess what? You can only control what you can control, and that's going out there and playing our defense the way the Silver Bullets can. I, obviously, I speak about defense because that's what we all played up here. <laughs> I, I mean, here's, the, here's the other thing. That, I need to get know, more offensive guys out here. You do, me. right? Oh, you don't? Here's the thing that, that Bobby Schlake's <laughs> touched on is that training camp, you, you start off by kind of beating each other up, right? You're going against the Ohio State offense if you're the defense, and if you're the Ohio State offense, you're going against the Ohio State defense, right? As training camp starts to phase towards the end where it is right now, then you start phasing in who you're playing. So, you know, you're going over situations like Bob talked about, but you also have to think, hey, Nebraska, what'd they do last year when they opened up the game? They came out in the triple option, right? So it's like you need some periods where you're going over triple option just so you know what you're doing. But then the other kicker is this year, not only are you going over different situations for the team that you're playing, you're also going over different situations on the health, right, of your own team, right? What happens if Justin Fields is out a week, right, or out two weeks and test positive, yeah. right? I mean, there are so many different situations this year compared to other years, and so that's what Coach Day and those guys are probably going over starting earlier than normal because you're not just getting ready for the other team. You've also got to get ready for yourself. BB, how many times do you – sorry to interrupt you there. How many times do you – as you go through a camp, you, you know who your opponent is. Like, are you constantly thinking about Nebraska if you are going through this camp? Are you trying to block that out entirely for the first couple weeks? How much is that in your mind? All right, it's a couple of thought. It's a couple phases that I, I like to call phases in your thought process. Number one, for me, my first phase is always this: 
Ohio State's O line is always going to be the best O line I was going to face. Right. And and my, that's my personal opinion. And you can feel how you want to feel about it. So I always knew that, especially going into that week one, where it's like, all right, it's Gladiator Week. We gonna see who's what, who's soft, and who's not. I knew if I could figure out how to deal with my O line and conquer my O line on the toughness side and the mental side, I didn't care who we played. Yeah, I was gonna be fine going into each game week to week, no matter what the scheme or the scouting report was. Now that second week, yes, you're gonna start having to worry about it and think about who you playing, what they run. But I'm gonna tell you this. If I, you know, I'm fresh out, so if I know this coaching staff like I think I do, <laughs> they've already played Nebraska ten times already. Right. I kid you not. Whether it's they're in pads or they're in spiders, they've played Nebraska ten times. Whether they realize it or not, they're going to always find ways. Certain periods, certain times within practice, where they're going to sprinkle in Nebraska plays. Now, for us, we just try, sometimes you got moments where you just trying to make it through. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, your, your brain kind of shut off and you go right into player mode. You know what I mean? So you don't realize what you're seeing, what you're getting. It's like, all right, put your hand in the dirt. This is what we got. Coach called to play. Go through your alignment, eyes, assignment, go to work. You know what I mean? So they've played this game. It is on Noah Joe. So all of you guys, BB just touched on that with going against the Ohio State offensive line, have touched on the difference for Ohio State and almost anywhere else in the country is that the iron sharpens iron on the practice field. So when you do that for three or four weeks and you're seeing the same face over and over, I know that somebody in your, is going through your mind right now that gave you a battle that you're never going to forget. Mm-hmm. Who's the guy for each of you that gave you the toughest test in practice, the one that you hated, the mate you might have thrown some punches at uh, before becoming good buddies again once practice was over? BB, let's start oh, down here. Billy Price. <laughs> Easy. Easy answer. Who's that? Billy Price. <laughs> Billy Price? Billy Price. <laughs> My whole freshman year was B-block between Billy yeah. and Taylor, but Billy yeah. would not let me fall. You know Coach say, if you get in drove, make a pile. Yeah. Billy get us for him, I couldn't fall. Billy he was him. a hustler, too. Bro, it, it, would, it would make me so mad, and I couldn't do nothing about it. And I was a young boy, and I was a little light in the butt, so it kind of it is what it is there. Uh, fair enough. Um, I would have to say mine was, was Andrew Sweat, Sweaty, right? And a lot of people don't know that name because he uh, dealt with some injuries late in his career, but, man, Sweaty was a guy that when I was playing fullback and he was playing linebacker, I swear the dude had no pain tolerance. Like, you know, we ran ISO a lot in Coach Tressel's offense, right? Yeah. And so there were a lot of times in training camp where we're running ISO after ISO, especially an inside drill when the linebackers know run is coming and they are just playing downhill. And I just remember, I mean, pounding heads with Sweaty every single day. And there were some times where I'm like, man, like I'd look up big. Sweaty's just ready to go again, man. It's like he didn't even he didn't even know what pain was. So we never fought. The fights are a whole different story. Yeah. There's a couple others with fights which I won't bring <laughs> up. But Sweaty, man, he was a, he was a tough battle. I'm gonna throw out three names. Uh, my freshman year was Mike Brewster, and he was just a veteran. And as a freshman, you know, my my mentality was okay. I'm just gonna hit you harder than you hit me, and I'll win that battle. And he would. He had so much good technique as a center that I would fire off to punch him in the chest and he would just grab my, my arm and then he would just put me in the ground. And that was so frustrating because he wasn't out muscling me or anything like that. He, was just, he just knew how to, how to use the right technique to beat me in my aggression. And that was really frustrating. But then the two, as I got older, that was always a battle was Andrew Norwell and Corey Lindsley. Um, Dirtbag. Dude. <laughs> Norwell. <laughs> hey, Tatanka. That with the great white buffalo. That great man buffalo, was man. six foot seven and just mean. And I knew, I knew we were going to be successful when he was on our offensive line. But I hated going against him because he, if he got you, if he locked you up, 
he would just scream in your face. And that's just frustrating, man. Like, <laughs> I, you already beat me. And now you just, you just does, I, I'm not even going to imitate it, but he would just scream in your face and shake his head. I'm like, all right, bro, that you got me. Yeah, so I'm happy I was, uh, I was on Ohio State and not going against him. Oh, well, man. do we have enough silver bullets out for him if he shows up? Or <laughs> no. what? I don't oh, think so. Dude, we might have to I've bring seen, a couple I've buckets. I've seen that dude put 50 down in a night. <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable. A that's he's amazing. A, and he's a big man with a high tolerance. <laughs> that's, uh, that's amazing. So for me, it's, it's a little bit delineated like Mike. When you talk about it, you have someone your freshman year who's obviously older, a little more mature, physically gifted, and they probably have better technique than you do. So that was Ben Hartsock. He played tight end. I'd go over him every day. He was just country strong. He had great technique. Nicest guy in the world. He would destroy me, block me. I'm getting yelled at by Coach Schneider. You got to do a better job. You got to keep the edge. And then Ben would be like, hey, come on, man. Just keep it up. Like, he was like encouraging me as he's beating me into the ground. And so then I'm like, all right, I got to lift more weights. I got to get stronger so I can match him. Is I couldn't really get mad at him, but it would just he, every day he would just dominate me, and it was really my freshman year. Like you think you're big, you think you're strong, and then you see like a real grown man. Like all right, I'm not fully as grown as I thought I was. <laughs> and then my senior year, and it's amazing to think this, but this dude like he's a lot like Norwell. Like you want your offensive lineman to be mean, you want him to be nasty. It's a dude you hate playing against, but you're glad they're on your team. Yes. And like those are the guys. You're like oh, you just like shake your head at practice, and then you watch him in the game. Like. Glad that's not me because <laughs> yeah. I'd be getting 15 yarders fighting this guy after the play. And so that guy was Kirk Barton. And I know he was around when some of you guys played, and he looked like the Incredible Hulk. He wasn't quite that big when he was, came in as a freshman. This dude, this is no joke. We're in a Thursday practice. We have just shells, just uppers. You know, so we've got shoulder pads and shorts on. And on the, there's, they're running a quick screen or some sort of tunnel screen. I'm, I'm rushing off the edge. I think I'm playing defensive end. And Kirk literally cuts me. And like we have in a game, and it's in practice. And this is like week seven or eight. He hits me right in the knee with his helmet. Freshman? I have shorts on. I drop my knee right in the back of his neck. I start, and I'm like, flip him over. I'm like, what the heck are you doing? He's like, man, it's a cut on the thing. I'm like, we got shorts on, bro. Like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just doing what I'm told. Like, and that, that was his like response to it. It was amazing. And like, that's how he was. He was trying to finish dudes off, like, destroy you into the ground a lot like Norwell. I'm like, okay, I'm glad this guy's on our team. Like, maybe it was my junior year. My senior year, he was actually starting and playing. I'm like, I'm glad this guy's out here because I know what he's about and I know how tough he is. Yeah, that's <laughs> – I was going to say Kirk Barton as well. He's a scumbag. He's an absolute, he's an absolute <laughs> dude. What is so wrong true. with him? Well, I mean, I, mean I, I was a meathead, and I, I kind of came in later. So when I came in from the Air Force Academy, it was Alex Dupanovich and Shane Olivier. And for me, I ran scout team my first year, which was fantastic. Because all I wanted to do was make, was make uh, Coach Bowman so mad, and he would schlags, you know, he would just that, that's how he talked, and I just wanted to absolutely obliterate them. So I went all gas, no brakes, and I would just ram my skull right into theirs, and they would get so mad, and I would just cut through and make tackles. But then when we were playing in 04 and 05, it was 100% Kirk Barton, and because he would fire out, because he would obviously know the plays. And we would fire off, and I just I wanted to hurt him, even in practice, just because I knew how hard he was going. Like, you had to be on your A game every single week going against him. But that's what you want because that's what makes you better. That is iron sharpening iron. When everybody's going really hard, guess what? Everybody's going to get better. So this is the truth. Like, those dudes would come off the field. When Schlegs was playing scout team my sophomore year, like, Mangold was playing center. Stepanovich was like, listen, man, you need to tell your boy Schlegs to turn it down. <laughs> like, this is real. Like, because like, there was a different tempo on the offensive side, and Schlegs, like, 
he was the only one that didn't know that they didn't go as hard. They're like, they, you'd hear Bowman yelling, but these guys are like, I'm done hitting your boy. I'm done. Like, I'm going to cut him in practice if I have to. Like, I don't care if we're teammates, whatever it is. Like, I'm sick of this guy. Because that was him. I'm like, listen, man, he's making you better. I like that. And they did not. They did not appreciate it one bit. One person that I did hate that I do appreciate now that made me a technician is your damn brother. Jacoby? Yeah, Jacoby. Hey, he was gritty. Yeah, he's grounded. Dirtbag. Dirtbag. He, he was yes. never the strongest, but technique and fundamentals was always on point. And he was he was probably one of the best trash talkers I ever mm -hmm. between oh, him and Jalen Between him and Jalen Holmes, they actually helped me perfect my trash talking game. Let's get trash talking. Jacoby, <laughs> on a daily basis, would find a way to piss me off. And like I said, he was never the biggest, never the strongest. But you always knew technique, hand placement, and fundamentals was going to be on point. And he also helped me piss off Coach Warner on a daily basis. <laughs> that was always great. I'd never be mad about that. I should have just made that the Bryant whatever it takes player of the week. Maybe I will. I don't know. But <laughs> we can come back to that later. We're going to give these guys uh, a quick break as we roll along here from weekend kickoff. Brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. We'll be right back in after we drink a couple Coors Lights. It takes attention to detail. With your local Bryant dealer, you're getting more than just a technician. You're getting someone who pays attention to your needs and the little things that make a big difference. It takes a dealer you can rely on. And to keep your family warm this winter, here, let me show you how this works. It takes Bryant. Bryant. Whatever it takes. All right, everybody, welcome back to Weekend Kickoff, brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling System. We're at Urban Meyer's Pint House, and we just happened to find that guy sitting in the back room eating some dinner. So Coach has joined us for a couple minutes. And Zach, he, uh, he wanted you desperately when we, we named at Letterman Row the 2012 team, the team of the decade. He said, we got to have Zach Bourne. I said, dude's in Florida. He's always in Florida. I was in Florida. Because there were some stories. I'm like Coach Meyer, you know, <laughs> going off to Florida. There are some great stories with Zach Bourne. I don't know how many we can tell. And they get better and better. The year, as the years, as the years go, go by. Yeah, yeah they do. <laughs> so they do. what – you guys became really close over that year. I remember covering it like it was yesterday. But I don't think it started that way. Urban, the 5 a.m. workouts and out there in the cold, I feel like there was one guy who was trying to push you back the way you were pushing him. Well, we first were hired in December of 2011. And if you just push restart, what happened was Ohio State lost seven games, first time since 1800s. You had a bunch of issues. What I found out, they're really good people. They really didn't do many things wrong. You know, when, uh, when you talk about who's a great receiver, Posey, right? Yep. What a yeah. great guy he was. Who's a running back that you Boom, Heron. Boom, boom, yep. right? Yeah. What a, I met all these guys after the fact. I was like, my gosh, these guys are great people. But, you know, I don't necessarily agree with everything that went down. You had a great football coach who's a dear friend, Jim Trestle, that in my mind it was over the top what happened. And um, I was told when I took the job there would be no scholarship loss or would be no bowl ban. And I find out two weeks after I take the job that there is a nine scholarship loss and a bowl ban. And, um, and I take over a team that uh, had really good players. Uh, but there was a lot of stuff that went on the year before. Zach, were you worried that, uh, I mean, you were, you were playing fullback then. Yeah. A lot of people now remember you just at the end with the linebacker switch. Were you worried that Urban was just going to phase you out or you weren't going to be part of the offense? Well, when he got hired, what did you, what did you think of that? Um, I know, we, you know, I, I remember Johnny Simon and I had a, had a quick 
conversation with Coach Meyer and Coach Mick, and we discussed maybe for a couple minutes, possibly declaring early, you know, how do we fit in? You obviously want young guys to play. You know, we're bowl band. You want to build the program. And literally it was a five-minute conversation, and it ended with, hey, we're in this together. Let's do it. Um, you know, let's have some fun, right? It's kind of – I don't want to say nothing to lose, but, you know, when you can't play for a Big Ten championship, when you can't play for a national championship, it's kind of like, hey – Let's go out and give them hell, right? And let, let's let's make a fun ride out of it. And that's what we did. And you know, Coach Meyer is always going to. He's a coach, one of the greatest coaches in college football, right? And I'm not saying this because he's sitting here, and it's because he plays. He he coaches with the talent that he has, right? And puts people in different positions. He's not one of those coaches that says, "This is my scheme. You need to go to my scheme," right? Yeah. He's a guy that is able to put players in different positions. And, and change his mindset a little bit that's best for the program and best for the offense, best for the defense. And so knowing that, I was like, hey, I'm going to fit in somehow, some way, right? I, I know, you know, I, I was a three-year starter, and, and whatever he had me do, if that meant playing center, if that meant whatever, <laughs> I still to this day, no one knows about this, and he will say it. He had me at the Wildcat quarterback for a while, and <laughs> it was a great package, and he never called it in a game. But never? We never called it? Never called it. I was hoping we called it the Team Up North game. But what a missed opportunity. do it. I know. I had, a jump, I had the Tebow jump pass and everything. Wow. That, that doesn't sound like a true story at all. Uh, I mean, yeah, you've, turned, you've told me every story in the book from 2012. Oh, I don't remember that one. Well, yeah. Zach, is what, Zach was a leader, and he was – what Zach what he had great feet. He was a guy that always played with great balance and accelerated. So I really, in my mind, thought we could give him some tailback carries. Because life as a fullback is awful. I mean, yeah. No one wants to grow up and say, there's no young person that says, hey, I can't wait to be a fullback someday. Right. Especially nowadays with the spread offenses. But uh, he was a very good blocker. But I wanted, you know, he's that good a player. I wanted to get the ball in his hand. And then a guy named Carlos Hyde started really coming on. We had Jordan Hall and he got hurt. Remember he got hurt yep. like a two weeks before or a month before the season started. And Carlos Hyde. He was an overweight guy that was real lazy. And, and then all of a sudden, Carlos Hyde came on strong. But Zach was a guy that we had to get on the field, and I kept thinking about it. And then about week five or six, something happened. Um, we had uh, Sabino, uh, Storm Klein. Yeah, Storm Klein, yeah. Storm Klein and um, Josh Perry all get hurt. And uh, Cam, Cam Williams. Cam Williams. Cam Williams yeah. They all get hurt for the Indiana game. And I walk out to practice, and I wasn't completely aware because I was coaching the offense. I walk out, and the trainers, and I look over on the bikes, and I see these four linebackers, and you're, you're out. And, I, and plus, our defense was playing not very good at the time. And I said, we need some tough guys, man. And I, and I told Luke, I said, I got the answer. He looked at me like, what are you talking about? I said, I'll be right back. And I walk over, and Zach Bourne is stretching in the lines. And I, I kind of put my – because by now, Zach and I are really close. And I said, Zach, I need you, man. Uh, when's the last time he played linebacker? And he said, well, in high school. And I said, I got news, pal. <laughs> we need you at linebacker. And he had, I'll never forget, he had like water in his eyes. And he said, I will do anything to help this team win a game. You tell me what to do, and I'll do it. And that's the ultimate why I have him as one of my great leaders of all time. And, and you could do that because you had developed that trust that you mentioned. But, you know, in January and February, when he's yelling at you that you're not going to break him. <laughs> Uh, did that make you want to break him more? Did that say, hey, you're a fullback. I don't need you, buddy. Like, how does, as a coach, 
Do you like him challenging you that way? Do you not like it? Like, well, I think I, I know we, I, I, this group right here is paying attention. So it was really, it was really cool. So we come in and we said, okay, we're going to give him two weeks off after the bowl loss. It was a bad bowl loss. And my first team meeting, there's uh, five or six guys that don't show up. And I said, we're going to try this again. I'll see you guys tomorrow. And make sure you get the word out. If this one doesn't go well, it's going to be a bad day for everybody. So I'll see you tomorrow at 6 a.m. And I come walking in the meeting room about 5 till 6, and I notice there's some empty seats. And then as I'm talking, some offensive linemen come stumbling, Norwell and Muhort yeah. and those guys. And I said, okay, boys, uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning. We Off-season starts tomorrow at 6 a.m. on the practice field. It was 10 degrees out, and uh, they weren't allowed to wear Buckeye stuff. Their locker room was closed, shut down, and uh, we went out. And, and Zach was screaming at us, <laughs> at me and Coach Mick, He's screaming, you can't break us. And I was, as he's doing bear crawls with his hands numb in the ice, and I said, can't break you. I, was, I go, Zach, I could break you in about 10 seconds here. But I like the fact that he's a fighter, and I knew right then, that, and I heard about him because, you know, his reputation, he's as a leader. Yeah. There are so many cool stories about that. Uh, oh, yeah. Zach's told a bunch of them. Uh, Urban, we're going to let you get back to uh, your dinner and running this place in just a second. The Buyer's Auto question for Coach actually came from ZBORN44 on Twitter. He wants to I set did. up. Well, that's I you. did. Yeah, that's You me. have a question for Coach. Yeah, okay. I, I do. I, we're still looking for a golf game. So Jeff Hireman is one of my best friends. Co Coach Meyer it was really close with Jeff, was really close with myself, right? And we've had a running joke ever since, like, Jeff's maybe <laughs> senior year. It started getting talked about. There's been like a highly anticipated golf match okay. between Coach Meyer and any partner he wants and Hiram and myself, right? And he keeps on putting it off. It's like he's scared. I mean, Coach Meyer has all hey, Coach scared. Meyer has always been the competitor on the football field. It's like you get on not the golf scared. course, like, what's going on, coach? <laughs> he's looking for the card cam, not scared. Uh, no, not, no scared. not scared. So we will Hireman's soft though. Hireman, you know, he's married now, he's soft, he's uh is he a dad yeah. yet? He's a dad. He's yeah. a dad, and he's got more important things to get his butt kicked on a golf <laughs> yeah. course. But I promise you, I got you when he gets in town. I don't Part think you'll – got to get Jeff here. Yeah, he's yeah. – once he gets out of Denver, Zach said he'd bring him. We'll set up the match. We're going to bring out Is the he cameras. Is he still playing or he retired? No, he's retired. He's moving to Columbus soon. Wow. He's, so he's going to neighbors with you. He's going to be out. <laughs> we're we're going to finally get some more offensive guys up on this stage, but – I don't know, Zach. He, he's going to call up Jason Day. He's going to get Dustin Johnson. I said non-professional. Oh, non-professional. Oh, I'll find non a partner. Yeah. I, I volunteered. and There's not many guarantees in life, and I'll go on the record. Zach Bourne and Hireman will not beat us. Oh, ever. That won't happen. I love it. I can't wait. This can be all over social media after this match happens. <laughs> we got to get that one set up. Urban Meyer, uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us real briefly on Weekend Kickoff brought to you by Brian Heating and Cooling Systems. We'll be right back with the full crew. All right, guys, welcome back to the final segment. Uh, weekend kickoff brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. We're about to get into the Silver Bullet pick segment, and Zach's going to want a lot of credit. And we'll do that in a second. But first, we're going to bring you uh, this week's new trivia contest. For those of you that start coming out, we're going to do this every week. A lot of cool, more cool prizes coming tonight. Uh, we've got a T-shirt for everybody in here, so make sure you come out and compete for that tonight. BB. <laughs> compete to the death. Like, that'd be amazing. We're just going to clear out the some tables. They're going to have like a blood, cage blood sport. <laughs> blood sport right here for a T-shirt. It's just huge legs. That would be amazing. I'll get the ref it. Oh, my God. Well, our friend Lewis has promised that he's going to give us some even bigger and better uh, gifts from Corso as we go along. He's walking around here. He knows he's got some cool stuff going on as the season <laughs> gets going. So, BB, 
I asked you, and I don't think you even remember the, the answer to this question, but you are going to be focused. Uh-huh. And since I had to jog your memory, I'm not even afraid that you're going to give it away. But who did B.B. Landers have his first career sack against during his Ohio State career? I just forgot that fast. He already forgot. So if you know, hit that up. He only had three during his career. Oh, that's awful. My tackle for loss rate is just high. Don't get beat up. Okay, okay, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. He wasn't supposed to okay, be the I, sack I, guy. I, I, I think I, I know the answer. Now he's got it? Yeah, I, I think I know the answer. You did? You, you, got, you think you know it? I think I know it. All right, well, and the reason I told Mike Bennett is that we have a nice little running joke on every Letterman Row show about this program, so – Hopefully, if you watch Letterman Row, okay. you know who this team is. I know, I know who it is. And it's a yeah. great way to get your first career yeah, sack. Yeah, I know who it is. Mm-hmm. He also had one in the game. So these gold pants were one with a sack. So. I don't know if I had any sacks against this team. Oh, that's not good. I don't think I did. All right. You probably only played was a it, quarter. Was it Denard? <laughs> <laughs> quarter. You probably hey, only probably played a quarter. <laughs> Up by 50. <laughs> I think I might have got mine in the first quarter. All right. Those are all the hints we can give. If you want to come win an Urban Myers t-shirt, just know that uh, this is – not the finest program in the Big Ten. I'll just leave it at that. Sorry, All right, guys. Silver, really. silver bullets. I was going to ask you if you remembered what the feeling, how great it was. But nope. Nope. All right. <laughs> nope. Too far along. Well, that makes for a good cycle. Football make you age in doggy years. I'm at least 60 right now. I'm not going to lie to you. Right, well, I'm not going to lie to you. We could have toasted a, a silver bullet to that, but at least you got one we in can. the game that mattered most. Hey, that's, that's all that matters. Okay, Zach. This is your moment. It's my moment. We gave, gave you a, a little bit of a hard time a week before we started keeping score, but he's got four wins on the leaderboard last week. Now that we're keeping track, yep. in first place, BB is zero and zero. That's he's gonna have to lie. I'm one for one. That's hundred percent. We'll go a. for win percentage. First place. That's, I'm one Schlegs. for one. No, first place. I, I didn't even know we were keeping score. You should. Oh, like, we always keep score. Accountability. Yeah, I, that's cool. I'll make a comeback this week. Bobby <laughs> and Mike, three correct picks last week. Congrats on impressive. Congratulations. Claps. Yep. And me and Schlegs, uh, two. Mm. Not the finest performance. And I really, really, really regret picking Miami to beat Clemson. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Miami's back. And I didn't even have to pick them to beat Clemson. I could have just picked them to cover, but I still would have lost. So, anyway, we have uh, five more this week. Zach wants us to up it to 10. He wants this competition ten. to be <laughs> There's but, only 10 games this week. Yeah, I don't know if we'd have enough. Well, not Super this Bowl week. I'm through. saying next week. Okay. Big 10 starts. All right. I don't know, yeah. 10 other teams in Ohio State. There's, we normally have an NFL game to pick. That's the instant accountability game, but uh, that didn't happen. No. Because that, uh, that schedule gets shuffled around. But we do have one NFL game to pick anyway. We put the Browns at the Steelers, boys. Steelers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Browns are 4-1. and one. They've got the whole, whole world talking. About uh, is this the year they can break through, get to the playoffs, make something magical happen? BB, Brown Steelers, what do you got? I don't know about all the extra that's going into it, but for me personally, I'm going to have to go with Cleveland. Believe it or not. Browns. Cleveland Browns. Three and a half. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. I ain't an NFL fan, so I can't be biased at all. I'm going Cleveland only because defensively for me, they, for the most part, put on some, some clinics. You know what I mean? And then offensively, their wide receiver core, you, you really can't argue that. You know, so Baker Mayfield, people can argue whether he's this and that. He's doing good with the weapons that he's got. So I'm going to have to go with Cleveland. Zach? Listen, I'm a Cleveland fan. Um, you know, love my dog pound. But <laughs> there's some issues, right? Odell Beckham went home sick, right? Not, Today, a, good, not yeah, a good sign not, right now. Not a good sign. 
the defense is starting to come back. They're starting to get healthier, but still, they, I don't think they have played an offense like the Steelers so far this year, right? Someone that can ground and pound them and then air it out with Big Ben. Plus three and a half, I want to trust Baker Mayfield to manage the game and pull out a victory, and my man Denzel Ward makes some big plays on the back end. So that's what I'm going to do. Oh, boy. Cleveland <laughs> plus three and a half. I can't go against the dog pound. It is. That's what it is, was, boys. I, hey, I was building it up. He was slowly just, talking hey, himself into it. Just to pick like, Cleveland. Oh, okay. You know, I, I was going to go against whatever Zach said. <laughs> but he's got a good point. So originally I think Cleveland is very strong. I think having uh, Odell come down sick and nobody really knows if he's going to be ready for the game, that's a worrisome thing because Odell's obviously one of their best weapons on offense. Um, their defense been been playing pretty well. And if they don't have Odell, you know, who knows? The Steelers have a stout defense. And that's going to be hard to pick apart. Um, but Odell could have a 12-hour stomach flu. Who knows? Yep. <laughs> don't forget I am Darvin's still. He likes that number two. I am still. <laughs> you chill out. <laughs> oh, buddy. I ain't judging. I'm going to go with the Steelers. Um, Minus three and a half. Only for the fact that their defense is strong. I really don't even know much about their offense. But they still have Big Ben, so. I think that they're going to be – what are they – Browns haven't beat the Steelers in 17 years? 2003, last time. At, at that sounds game. more like a curse than a, than a habit. Uh, <laughs> so, I think, you know, it, it's a toss-up, though. The Browns, this is probably the best chance the Browns have had. This is truly the best teams the Browns have had in a long time. And they do have a good chance. But if I'm going to put my money down, I'm going Steelers. Yeah, to win in Pittsburgh, it's been a, a number of years, obviously. Browns can run the football, though. Uh, the receiving core is really good. I understand that Pittsburgh defense is great. They haven't played quite as well this season as they have last year. They're still really good. Our man Cam Hayward, he's getting interceptions. You know, so what are we talking about? Three and a half, if you're going to give me that, and that means I'm essentially taking Cody Parkey out of the equation because who knows what he's going to give you. Right. you got to give me the points. Uh, I'm going to take those points. I'm going to roll with Cleveland. Cody Parkey may have a chance to win the game, and he could miss it, and I still win. I'm all in. So give me the three and a half. I'm going with the Browns. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with Bob on this, and here's the reason. It's all going to come up to who can rush the, rush the football. Uh, Cleveland Browns have 12 takeaways this year, this year, which is number one in the league. They have the fourth-ranked rush defense. I don't really think that James Conner is going to be able to do that on them. Their secondary is playing better. Again, they also played Old Man Rivers, so he's always throwing picks. <laughs> yeah, but Ben throws picks and he yeah, doesn't yeah. move all that well either. And that's what I'm saying. So I think I think in this game the Browns are going to be able to have some takeaways. The way they're able to run the football, and again, I'm not necessarily picking them to win. I think it's going to be a very very close game because it's hard to win in Pittsburgh. And Pitch, Pittsburgh knows how to win close games in the fourth quarter. But if you're going to give me three and a half points, I'm going to take the Browns. Hey, I love it. Me against the world. Just like last week, what happened? <laughs> Worked out well for you and worked that out well. Right? Well, you won, but the three Steelers. Games. I've seen this show. What'd you win. I've Dude, seen quit. this show with Cleveland enough times. I'm not going to fall for it to have them pull the Charlie Brown, uh, flip away and, and lose the game. And especially after Bobby's talking about the field goals, Steelers. I'm going to take. I'm going to lay those points uh, all day. So put that on the record. Back to college football. We only have one more week, boys, and next week we get to break down all the Big Ten games and make Thank those God. picks, and it's going to be a lot more fun. Uh, but until then, we have games like Louisville at mm, Notre Dame. That's mm. a good one. Mm. Everybody wants <laughs> that to That sounds awful. The Irish are 14-point favorites. Is there any chance that this is the week that Notre Dame uh, reverts from being con- contender to pretender? 
I don't know about reverting all the way back. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bobby. Bobby. You like to go first. You got it. Go ahead, Bob. Well, attack and dominate, Bobby. Yeah, I don't know about reverting all the way back. The question is, you know, 14 points. It's a lot of it's two scores. Right. And Notre, Notre Dame has looked average at times this year. However, Louisville has looked bad. Atrocious. They have not looked good. Last season, you thought they were on the right direction. This season, they I don't know what they did and how they handled their protocols. And this is, uh, this is really an indictment on a lot of programs on their culture and how they were able to handle this whole thing and what their guys did when they weren't required to do anything. Did they actually just sit around and eat Doritos and watch TV? You know, or did they actually train and, and take care of their bodies? I don't think that happened in Louisville. So 14 points is a lot. I'm going to lay those points. I like the Irish to cover this. Yeah, I'm completely with you. It's at Notre Dame. Louisville has looked awful. In book, good quarterback. We really don't know what they're going to look like as far as in the ACC. Where are they in the Atlantic? Notre Dame's number four. Sure. Yeah, I don't even know. The top part of the ACC, which is all garbage anyway. So we're the top or bottom? Yeah, uh, top. Okay. Yeah, bottom's nice sometimes too. Sunny down there, Miami. But that being said, I'm taking Notre Dame. I'm going to lay the points. I don't know what is happening there. But <laughs> yeah. Bobby Naylor. <laughs> morning morning juice. Bobby's, tra- Bobby's, tra- Bobby's trying his best to get us kicked off. Like FCC violation. <laughs> I thought it's a podcast. <laughs> it is, but you guys just have that radio mindset. You're, you're, you get off of the radio, you're going to come out and push it in front of the live crowd and see what you can get away with. Go Bucks. I, frankly, I love it. All That's what you no say. Breaks. Go Buckeyes. That's, those are two nut jobs at the end, so are you really surprised? <laughs> but let's be honest. Which one of you three want to get in here? So, back to the game, right? Away from Bobby's leg. Here's the thing. This is what I'm going to say. Notre Dame is not good. They are fake good. They are Florida. They are Miami. They are fake good. They are not a good football team. Yeah. In saying that, Louisville is even worse, right? They're real. Louisville is so fake, bad. Fake good versus real bad. Oh, yeah, fake good versus really bad, right? I mean, Notre Dame is, is equivalent to, like, Michigan, right? Fake good. They, yeah. This is like them playing Northwestern, Got right? It. So, Notre Dame is going to cover. They're going to win this week. And then as time goes on, you will see they will get throttled by Clemson and they will probably lose another game to, like, Pitt or someone else, right? But Notre Dame is going to cover 14 against Louisville. I'm just – I mean, I couldn't care less about Louisville and Notre Dame. (laughs) Notre Dame is ranked four. Louisville is unranked. So, Notre Dame is going to cover the spread. I I mean – Michael's just here for the Coors Light. I'm here for the Coors Light. (laughs) Coors the Rockies. Notre Dame is a perennial good team. I know they've got better talent than Louisville. They've probably got better coaching. I don't see how that they can't blow Louisville out of the water. I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't watched either team because, in my personal opinion, we are prepared. He's being honest. He's not going to fake I'm not going to either or because I cannot answer that question. I have no clue. BB sits it out. I respect that. You're not going to lose any Sorry. money doing that. You're also right. not going to catch Zach, but that's, that's all right. Okay. I I'll catch him on the back end. <laughs> how about how you start is how you finish. That's all. That's absolutely finish him. <laughs> oh boy. What you BB's got? one of the best finishers in the game. Got you Austin, right. what you got? I because of the fake good, I just refuse to to buy into Notre Dame and they're always due for some kind of stinker in my mind. And Bobby loves when my analysis is that a team is due. Yeah. That's bad. But someone it, being due doesn't necessarily work. It, it, paid, it paid off for me with Oklahoma and Texas last week. So why not? If I'm getting two touchdowns uh, with some bad ACC football, then I might as well roll uh, with the Cardinals, and that's what I'm going to do because I need to make up some ground on Zach too. I All right. It. I respect it. Bobby, just look at him. He's just stewing over there with my, with my, with my gambling expertise. Hey, 
Bobby just need a hug. You took OU, I took Texas. That's all. It hey. worked. All right. Um, You're right. We had Cincinnati at Tulsa. <laughs> that game is no longer being played this week. Rescheduled till December, so we had to put that on the back burner. So we took another former Ohio State defensive coordinator. And Jeff Halfley, he's been doing a fantastic job with Boston College. He's getting 12 points Ooh. on the road against Virginia Tech. Uh, I'm just going to th- – I'm taking Jeff Halfley in Boston College here. I just he, – he is so sharp. He puts together such good defensive game plans. Virginia Tech has been ravaged, really, by COVID with their roster. you got to give them a lot of credit for the way they've managed it. But I, I think eventually that catches up with you. And I like Jeff Halfley here. I think Boston College will cover that 12. Schlegs? Well, Virginia Tech, they play inner Sandman. And you got Boston College. I hate so. <laughs> and they're the Eagles. So I'm going to pick the Eagles to soar above the sand and cover that. I don't really know if I like that. <laughs> you like Boston? that sound? <laughs> that was a terrible <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, here's the thing. I though. thought we were going to get something really fancy. Nah, nah, nah. I'm keeping well. it simple when I'm with all these guys. I might as well, hey, keep it simple, stupid. And they almost beat North Carolina, who they, is yeah. supposedly a good team. And here's the other thing. Jeff Halfley knows how to play defense. That's and Virginia right. Tech's going to want to run the football. So I'm going to take the, I'm gonna take BC in this one. What was the number on that, Austin? 12. 12? 12. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so you're going to say it's less than two touchdowns? That's the one thing that's intriguing to me. Because um, Valtech played North Carolina back really, really good. I had to look that up because I'm like, I thought they were just in a game with a good team that they scored a lot of points. I, I love Halfley. I don't think they're quite there yet uh, with what they're going to do. They're going to try to shorten the game, slow it down. I'm still going to lay those points. I'm going to take the Hokies. Virginia Tech, no explanation. <laughs> Hold on. I, so, I, how are you guys saying North Carolina is good? Thank just you. Because, good listen, year. just Nobody's because good. they're ranked high, because some teams haven't been playing, doesn't they're mean good. they're good. I never said they're good. What has exactly. North Carolina done? You guys are saying they're they, a good look, football team. They got I haven't seen, seen, seen a good football team yet this year. Yeah, uh, Petey Pablo, hey, man. L- listen. UNC and Virginia, hey, UNC and Virginia Tech last week having a shootout is like watching Minnesota and Nebraska have a shootout. Both teams not very good, but guess what? They can have a shootout, and they can duke it out, and Minnesota can be ranked high, but they're not a good football team. So it goes back to Jeff Halfley being able to play football. They have played a legitimate team in Clemson this year. BC held their own for a little bit, did not look like they were fish out of the water. BC's going to go in there. They had an upset last week. They're going to go in again this week and beat Virginia Tech, and I actually think they cover 12. All right. Oh, whoa. Like, they would cover the reverse 12. line. They reverse it, and <laughs> they would recover 12. I think we need oh, to – Let's role play this. Does that count this. towards this That should count like <laughs> they two. They don't cover 12. Well, I think we're going to count. What we're going to do is we're going to drive across the border into <laughs> yeah. Indiana after this <laughs> and check out what that line is. The money line, baby. <laughs> That's I'm a reverse. Born, That's a big one. I'm going with Bourne on this one. This is – I get, right here, I'm going to be a little bit biased. Being at having some point in time, me playing for Coach Half, yeah. I know exactly what kind of coach he is. Now, looking at BC, BC, they, they're, they're not going to always be the most talented week to week. We can call it for what it is. Yep. They're not going to be the most talented. But the fact that they're not the most talented and they're putting top teams in dogfights week to week and coming out with wins yep. week to week, I'm going with BC. Coach Half is going to put those boys in the best possible position to be successful. They are bought in enough to where they're going into, a, in my personal opinion, maybe average to maybe even a little bit below average VTech team, yep. my, a Virginia team, in my personal opinion, give it to BC. I love it. Great And picks. I'm going with Bourne. I'm going with 12. Yeah, ride with Zach Bourne. Why not? There you go. Right. Ride, ride it. You're right. All right, two more 
before we get to the or one more before the biggest game of the week, the most interesting one. This one, what a contrast. Zach, Texas A&M got uh, – they were maybe a week too late to get that signature win, but they got one anyway against Florida. I, yeah, I called that one last week. You had I, it. I pulled Texas A&M twice, two weeks in a row. They lost one. They covered one. Now they're – listen, they looked good last week. They looked like a legitimate football team against the University of Florida. They're going against a Mike Leach coach football team that played really well against LSU, but we see what LSU really is, right? I think Texas A&M just too much of a complete team. You see Mississippi State, and yes, they can you know throw the ball all over, but man, the defense is bad. It's typical Mike, Mike Leach coach football team. Spiller in the running game and, and Kellen Mond for Texas A&M are way too dangerous for this Mississippi State team. It's five and a half points. Texas A&M covers that. I mean, maybe if you look double digits, maybe you think you know, Mississippi State can put up some numbers, but five and a half, man, Texas A&M covers all day. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you dropped that number in there because I left it out when I threw it to you. Five and a half there uh, against the Pirate, the biggest fraud uh, uh, coaching in the SEC. Now. Oh, oh, my man. goodness. That's real. I mean, that's tell me. I love you. Tell me, tell me why you would <laughs> want to ever back Mike Leach with any of your hard-earned or softer in dollars. It couldn't be me. I won't. Texas A&M is going to cover. I bet they win by 30. Mm. Oh, put that on there. Hey, I, I agree with Zach. I think Texas A&M is just outright the strongest team in this matchup. I mean, I mean, they, they, they've gone against two top teams, and they've been able to show a good, uh, put on a good show for everybody and win one of the matchups. And who is, I don't know how to say this a better way, who is Mississippi State? What are they going to do to Texas A&M? They're the Bulldogs. Other, that... Oh, okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. That enlightens me. I like Pitbulls. <laughs> Start I, I Vegas. Just, Start I, Vegas. I don't think this is this is like one of those who LSU versus Miami. I don't think this is really as much of a discussion as some of these others, as this, especially this next one we're going to talk about. Yeah. I think Texas A&M easily covers. Bob, I, what do you got? The term easily. I think Texas easily. A&M is the better team. Easily. Um, they haven't done a real good job of handling any type of success. Like they haven't been great. But what worries me is the fact that. They get a signature win against Florida. How do you respond? Do you start feeling really good about yourself? Do you start feeling yourself a little bit? Because I'm pretty sure that's what happened to Mississippi State against Arkansas last week when after they beat LSU. I trust Mike Leach inherently. He's an attorney. Who doesn't trust attorneys, Austin? Everybody. Well, and that's probably true as well. But <laughs> if you're going to give me five and a half, I think this game is a shootout, and I think the Bulldogs cover the five and a half. I'm taking those points. Yeah, it's on the road. It's at Mississippi State. I don't know what they're doing in Mississippi, but if Mike Leach could have, you know, 60,000 Pirates in the stands, yes. he would. Yes. All masked, by the way. All masked, but yet Pirates right there in the ears of the Texas A&M Aggies. I do not trust the Aggie defense whatsoever. I do like their offense, and I'm with Bob. I think it's a shootout, and I think Mississippi State covers that. Oh. Yeah, baby, you're welcome. Maybe stewing on it over here. I am. I'm I'll All be, Mike Leach you know, does with his week is read minded. about pirates. He doesn't even, so he doesn't like, even game plan. <laughs> he does game plan. He reads about pirates. I might have to go A&M on this one. <laughs> A&M, I like it. All right. Strong keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep, I'm yeah, just going to be proud. I think Will's just going to keep putting Mississippi State on there because he knows how little I think about Mike Leach. All right, the big one. The line changed dramatically this week when uh, Nick Saban had Two a positive test. Didn't it go to – I saw from seven to three and a half, Bob. We've got – uh, maybe, maybe it depends on your if you got it in early your specific book or or where you have it. But we're gonna pick it at three and a half. Okay. Uh, Georgia at Alabama. We don't know. Zach has it as a bonus prediction. I know he already tipped me off to what it is. 
This is the biggest game of the week. It's one of the biggest games of the year. Maybe they'll play twice this year. Who knows in the SEC? Uh, but one of the winner of this game, you have to assume, is in the college football playoff. That's that's me. So Georgia, Alabama. Bob, you want to go first or last? I'll go first if you'd like. All right. Let's hey, go. if you ain't first, you're last. Exactly. You know and so here's the question: Is is Nick Saban going to be in the stadium? I don't think that that's been officially confirmed. I've seen these little these little pop up little plastic tent covers they can put you in. You put a headset on them. You can throw them on the sideline. Maybe throw them in a box. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of room that they can find to get them in there. You're not allowed to have communication per, I guess, I don't know if it's SEC or NCAA rules. NCAA. NCAA if you're not in the stadium. But if you're in there, Austin, then you're going to be able well, to communicate. Remember Hugh Freeze? Like, they brought the Yeah, he was in the hospital bed. And the, he's on, like, the thumbs, thumbs up. up. So, and there's no way with Alabama, spare no expense, one of the few programs that would pay anything and everything to get their head coach in there. You can't tell me that they haven't thought oh, about yeah. sealing off Whatever it is. It'll look like E.T. in there, man. They're going to have a whole little white tent in there in some place. Because if you're going to tell me Steve Sarkeesian, who does have head coaching experience, I mean, Washington, USC, I just, I don't know if I trust him coaching a whole game against Kirby Smart. I think Kirby Smart's a better coach. I think Alabama's a little more talented. Georgia's looked rough to start games, and then they've obviously poured it on in the second half. I don't know if you can look rough against Alabama for a half and then pour it on. Three and a half. I like that that line's come down. I'll lay those points. I think Alabama gets it done. Yeah, with it now going from seven to three and a half, I really like Najee Harris. And the rule is 1-4-1-11 in the NCAA deal. Poof, David Copperfield. Why do they have that many rules? Because they just like having a job, and that's what people do. They just make up stuff so they, they feel important. But that being said, it's Stetson. And I, I kind of want to go with Georgia because their quarterback was named after a hat. Yeah. And I absolutely love that. Then you got Mac Jones. But I like Return of the Mac. All right. But here's the other thing. Georgia, I'm talking myself into what I'm gonna say, so I don't really know. Georgia has Georgia has beaten number seven Auburn at the time. They've beaten number fourteen Tennessee at the time, all by twenty plus. Alabama beat a Texas A and M team by twenty something, and then they almost got beat by until late in the fourth quarter by a you know, COVID plus 30, Lane Kiffin. <laughs> I'm going to go with the dogs. Oh, there he goes. I'm going to take this next part. I'm going to go with Georgia. I, you know, I do not make a career out of betting against Alabama. I think it's, it's rarely a safe bet. <laughs> yeah. You know, you might get surprised every now and then. And I definitely don't make a career out of betting for Georgia <laughs> because they have a way of losing big games. Yep. I think when you take the captain out of the team – which is, which is Nick Saban. Even, okay, you know, they're going to find their way. Okay, he's behind a bubble or he's doing a Zoom call. It's not the same. You know, his presence isn't there. His, his quick reaction for play calling isn't there. The way he reprimands people isn't there. Steve Sarkeesian, he might be good at what he does. But this is a big game. This isn't, you know, Alabama versus Mississippi Vanderbilt, State. Mississippi Mike State. This is, Rutgers. you know, Georgia's coming for him. And they sense weakness. I think George is going to find a way. It's a Cobra Kai. The <laughs> Cobra Kai. I think they're going to find a way. I, I, I just I hope they do because if they don't, then forever Georgia should be embarrassed. You're, you can't beat Alabama when they don't have Nick Saban. When you're ranked number three and they're ranked number two, Yeah. then get out of the SEC. Go play. It's at Alabama. Go ahead, baby. I'm going to have to go Georgia. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. Simple as that I'm from BB. He likes to keep it simple. I, Go I'm, ahead. I'm He's a straight-ahead guy. That's the best way to be. 
I'm gonna go Georgia. Only for the simple. I'm gonna go for Georgia for the fact of this. All right, Zach. Yes, you go ahead. Coach like Nick Saban. Never mind. Go finish it. Finish no, it. Oh, go ahead. You got it. Finish your thought, baby. I can I can chime up for the uh, well, uh, you know, I think Will keeps on putting Georgia on these pickums because he just wants to hear my same story every single week that I give <laughs> about the dogs because I love the dogs. He knows that, right? Georgia's defense is so good. They have come out and what they did against Bo Nix and Auburn and what they were able to do against that Tennessee offense last year, it, yes. You know, Tennessee had a couple big plays, but, man, you know, I think they really sit on Weddle. I think they load the box. You know, Najee Harris, I, I, I think that defense is way too good. It also goes back to I've been to Athens, Georgia twice, Austin. <laughs> Right, really? I will never. <laughs> I will the, listen. I will never bet against the dogs. And this is why. This is the first I've heard of it. This is the first you heard of it. <laughs> I went to University of Georgia in Athens, Georgia, and I went to a place called '90s Bar after after Georgia beat the University of Kentucky, and we danced all night with the most amazing Southern women I've ever what met in my entire life. I tell you what, and we started square dancing to any man of mine by Shania Twain, and I loved it, and I was yelling, go dogs the entire night. Uh, oh, snakes. my and God. And guess what? Hey, guess what? Stetson Bet Bennett, you're any man of mine, so I'm going with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I love you, bro. Because he just said all of that, I'm going with Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about changing my pick. Go dogs, man. Go dogs. I can't square dance, but I'm right. Hey, oh, man. I, I, I'm, I'm back to Georgia because I know their strength oh, coach yeah, Scott yeah. Sinclair, and he's a good dude. I think they'll be ready. You know, how, you know how sick I got of over the years. I just vomited in my mouth hearing you tell that story. <laughs> <for the third laughs> time, Zach. It. I'm gonna wash that down right there with a ice cold course. Oh, I want. I just want to go back. That's See, it, man. I like when Zach tells that story, and I hate when people come and tell me and they criticize Ohio State if they suffer a loss. Iowa or Purdue, oh, my God, this would never happen to Alabama. This would never happen to Nick Saban. They never take a week off. They, they always dominate the teams that they should. Well, if you watch them give up 48 points to Lane Kiffin last week, then shut the hell up about Alabama oh. never taking any week yep. off. Okay. I don't I ever want to hear That's it again. I agree. I agree. I'm so, fired. No names going into the playoffs. I'm so sick of hearing that argument that, that, that they're, they're the perfect program and they're ready every single week. It's It's stupid. I don't want to hear it anymore, and I want them out of the playoff race, and Georgia's going to win. Dogs. Dogs. Go dogs. 90s bar. Yep. Cranking up any man of mine with Zach Bourne. Jeez. We need to do Letterman Row Athens. <laughs> I'm going back, baby. I'm going back. You're going to fly me out? You got the money. Oh, yeah. Zach's, hey, you got to bring that cowboy hat. I, I can oh, get it. Let's do the No, we, we need you here on Thursday nights, but you can go down on Saturday right. for the game, Zach. <laughs> Zach's going to be dressed up like one of the village people down there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. That's in the cowboy. Oh, yeah. Obviously, our show would not be the same if Zach Bourne was down there. Appreciate him. B.B. Landers, Michael Bennett, Bobby Carpenter, Anthony Schlegel, Urban Meyer hanging out with us at Urban Meyer's Pint House for weekend kickoff. It has been brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. Also appreciate Coors Light for keeping these buckets Thank you, out Coors here. Light. And Byers Auto as well. Thank you, Byers Stay Auto. Stay with us at Letterman Row. There's a game next week, so uh, the coverage is about to really ramp up I for us. I can't wait. And to everyone here, I think there's some, pri- there's some surprises coming next week. There's, it there could, are. It could be a big week. There are some big surprises coming, so everyone spread the word. Wait, who, who did uh, BB have his first sack against? Yeah, that was the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Scarlet Knights. Ooh. Pretty much nobody wanted to guess Rutgers. Nobody could find it out. So whoever Sorry, wants this, this Urban Meyer's Pine House t-shirt can probably just come up here and grab it <laughs> oh, now. You can give it to me. I got it. <laughs> Let me get the shirt. Oh, BB gets the shirt. All right, fair enough. All of these, all these Buckeyes and Urban Meyer, appreciate you guys. Appreciate everybody for coming to see us tonight at Urban Meyer's Pine House. 
We will be back next Thursday night for Weekend Kickoff, brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. See you next time.